it got really hard. I watched the trailers for each one of these movies, and they they were all really complicated. Some looked like movies. Mm-hmm. A lot didn't. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are going to be talking about the Amityville Horror. It's one of those topics that we kind of can't believe we haven't covered before. And so we thought it'd be a good one for kind of coming back after taking last week off. Yeah, honestly, you're you're so right. When we both looked at, we keep a list of all the topics that yep. we want to cover on the show. And we had a little meeting to try to talk about, well, what's a great thing to do after taking the week off? Mm-hmm. And we didn't really just take it off. We weren't like on vacation. We took uh, the week off in like respect for Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. As many people did. Yes. And uh, uh, we felt that we needed to be part of that moment. Yes, because they do to us. Yes, they do. They okay. do. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did we just offend you? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. I don't know. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really am curious to see. I, I think I've honestly been really comforted by the notion that so many of our viewers and listeners out there have stood uh in this uh uh movement along mm-hmm. with us. Yeah, yeah. Um that's been like a really honestly great comfort in this because I think on Guide to the Unknown we've had to talk about a few things that are heavy in the past mm-hmm. that um ideally on a show where I think you and I both consider this to be a place where it's primarily about like having fun, mm-hmm. celebrating things. It's a little bit of a um an escape from the real world. Yeah. But undeniably a lot of horror um comes from places of uncomfortability or pointing at somebody and declaring them to be other. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said it before, like a lot of folklore stuff has roots in like either racism or women hating. Mm -hmm. So we've definitely like brought that up. Absolutely. You know, as we talk about these subjects, we just don't really, you know... I don't know. We don't dive super deep into those, but yeah. we like to acknowledge them because it's weird not to. Yeah, I think that we haven't considered this the platform to really to really voice those things. Especially you and I are two white people. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a I'm a straight white man. Like I, I my kind has a very long history, a proud heritage of running their mouth <laughs> when there's nothing that great to say. Straight white women haven't been doing too hot either. Yeah. So. But uh, so regardless, uh, uh, while we might not be the the two individuals that can. Uh, voice the issues going on right now in the cleanest, most concise, truest way. We believe in all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe the Black Lives Matter. You all matter. Thank you all so much for sticking with us. Yeah. Um, thank you for taking last week off with us. Yeah, and we didn't get any any pushback. I know. That that really was the best thing. Which was nice. It was just kind of like not even just nice to like not have to deal with, you know, awkwardness or confrontation or anything, but it was just kind of nice to know that the community who watches or listens to the show, um, I don't know, cares about some of the same things that we do, which is just, it just seems so like no duh, just care for other people. And yeah. so it's just nice that you guys were like that. A thousand percent. Yeah. So thank you all so much yeah. and welcome back. Amityville Horror again felt mm-hmm. like the right way to jump back in. Yeah, because it's a big one. It's a big guns one. It's a horror franchise. It's yeah. based on a real life haunting, supposedly. If, you know, ish. Well, yeah. Ish. Um, it, it ticks almost all of the boxes that mm-hmm. you could possibly want. It's also one of my favorite things, which is whenever we tap into um, something that is a um, an untapped mind for me, it's my horror history here is pretty blank. You know what? Me too. Yeah. Me too. I haven't seen any of the Amityville sequels. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure that I'd seen the original in its entirety. Like, right. I don't think that I'd sat down and watched it 
front to back before. I've definitely seen the remake. And I know that I read the book, The Amityville Horror, like a few times when I was young. But um, I don't know. It's one of those things that I assumed that I know all about because it just kind of feels like it's in the horror fan ether. Right. But actually reading it, there were a bunch of things that I realized I either didn't know or had forgotten or, you know, whatever. So this was like this was an interesting one. That That's it's funny that you just said that, because now that you mention it, I actually do associate Amityville horror with you. I feel like mm. I remember you carrying the book around when we lived in Missouri. I mean, I don't remember. That sounds right. In In like a. A showy dark kid way or what oh I, I mean that wasn't how i took it maybe that's what you were doing to be <laughs> no like... i don't remember it at all but you saying carrying around well i remember it... <laughs> not like everywhere we went <laughs> okay not like to okay. to schnooks oh, the local birds. grocery stores <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no i remember you having it and, and yeah. talking about it and stuff and i yes. always wanted to read it but i never did mm-hmm. i think that i saw the original movie i definitely saw the 2005 remake with ryan reynolds um but Really, none of the rest, although I'll get into some of the um, the weirdo sequels here. The way that we're splitting up the show this week, Kristen's going to talk about the original stuff, all mm-hmm. the things that you probably think about when you hear the words, the Amityville horror. Yeah, the, you know, supposedly real life story. And I'll also touch on the first movie that was out in 1979. Yeah. And I'm going to be diving into the uh the bargain bin at Walmart of all of the sequels mm-hmm. <laughs> um and boy i'm not going to get into all of them because that would be impossible yeah but there are a lot of them yeah yeah Excellent. So before we do that, just like we do every week, we just want to remind you that you can find us all over the internet at GTTUPod on all social media. You can join our very cool Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash group slash GTTUPod. And if you're into it, you can go to patreon.com slash GTTUPod. And if you donate $4 or more per month, you get a bonus episode of the podcast that comes out on the 13th of every month. So it's like there's a whole secret podcast over there that you just haven't had access to yet basically plus we do videos movie commentaries weekly screenshots of my notes for each episode we're doing monthly live streams and actually this week on sunday the 14th we are doing a live stream over there on patreon.com slash pod at 12 p.m eastern standard time to plan out the rest of our episodes for the month things got a little bit wonky because of us deciding to take last week off so that just means it's two weeks of episodes right. but still we talk to you live we're just talking right to you and each other so you get to kind of see what our planning process is like a little bit you can suggest things to us and you'll know what's coming up for the you know next couple of weeks on the show which is pretty cool yeah, a thousand percent. And uh, also coming up is the 13th of the month, which I don't know if we've uh, mentioned this quite that explicitly on the it. show. Yeah, uh, We've now shifted from releasing bonus episodes of the Netherworld Dispatch on the 15th to bringing them up to the 13th. That's right. That was the suggestion of our listener, Carrie. It was a very good suggestion. Perfect suggestion. Mm-hmm. So it means that on the spookiest day of every month, the 13th, yeah. you're going to get a bonus episode of the Netherworld Dispatch. It also means that on those random Friday the 13th out there, you're going to get the real show and the bonus show in the same 24-hour terrifying period can you believe it exactly can you even believe it very fun and the last thing i want to mention is that we have our merch store at tpublic.com slash user slash gttu pod and we had mentioned probably like a month or a couple of months ago that we were going to be donating all of our personal proceeds from our merch 
to a nonprofit, and we're still going to do that. We're going to see which nonprofit kind of needs it when the time comes that we get our payout. Because luckily and awesomely, a lot of um, like anti-racism groups right now are getting a lot of funds and attention. And some of them are saying, hey, actually, we kind of have enough for the moment. Why don't you donate to XYZ? So when we get our payout, we're going to take a look and see which XYZ could use some help and then donate it there. But so you can find T-shirts, totes, mugs, uh, pins, magnets, all kinds of stuff Honestly, that all have the guides and the unknown logo. T-Public added masks, too. And oh, I, yeah. I didn't even realize That's it. right. That's right. Um, so, so yeah. those are out there, too. If you go over there, you can get some cool GTTU swag, and also you will be donating to a good cause. So just yeah. something to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. All let's, right. Uh, let's uh, go pay a visit to the scariest address on the planet. That's right. Whatever the address is of the Amityville house. I believe it is 112 Ocean Avenue. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Although it's not called that anymore. They changed the name of that street. I know they got rid of the windows. Yes. Yeah. I think the house looks completely different now. What a... I'm so... Somebody's going to restore it someday, right? And it's going to be a big... It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be like in the headlines that somebody's bought the Amityville Horror House and put those eyeball windows back on there. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like the fact that they changed the street address of it is also a little tricky, too. Like, that's fine, though. It's fine, but I feel like it's, I don't know, it's like le- not less believable. It's not quite the word, but I don't know. I feel like the actual ho- house itself has gotten lost in the sauce. I feel like people aren't aware of like where to find that. Right. So it would be a little bit less cachet-y to be like, this is the house. And people wow. are like, really? Are you-? The house gets lost in the sauce and all of this. When I get into it and some of the sequels, <laughs> yeah. the house just flat out isn't in a bunch it's of It's irrelevant. Them. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't well, matter. It kind of became irrelevant to the haunting briefly for the Lutzes. Oh. Okay. So here's what's kind of like base level known about it, at least from my perspective, um, that it's a haunted house on Long Island. Do you remember passing the sign for Amityville? Going oh, to Karen's house? Times. Yeah. yeah it's it was right always like, ooh. Yeah. Um, that the Warrens investigated. I feel like a lot of people associate them with the house. Um, there were, a lot of people might know that the family moved in, a bunch of crazy haunting stuff happened, and they moved out 28 days later and just like left all their stuff there. People might also know that the family that lived there before that family, um, one of the members of the family killed the rest of them. And so the hauntings are, that haunting is kind of like tied to the crime. And you might know that that person who killed his family is named Ronnie DeFeo. And you may also know that it's widely said to be a hoax. So the, but let me to be, let me, I just need to parse it out. Mm-hmm. So the believed story is that the DeFeo family, that was the killing Yes. And then the Lutz family is who moved in and experienced hauntings. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Um, it's pretty much best known based on the book, The Amityville Horror by Jay Anson. And then there was a movie made in 1979 by the same way. Uh, excuse me, uh, by the same name. They made it the same way. <laughs> by the same way. <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> 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 they saw their name in lights. Um, I decided to do my research kind of coming from the horse's mouth a little bit rather than using the source material. I mean, I didn't talk to them okay. myself. But instead of just going to the Wikipedia and reading like a summary of the book or whatever, I watched a special that was an old special from the History Channel that I found on YouTube and that it's linked in the show notes that has interviews with the Lutz family. Cool. And a little bit from Ed Warren. Um, so... 
let's go all the way back in time, pre-DeFeos, pre-Lutzes, and just talk about kind of this area and this lot of land. So first up, um, some stats. Like I said, Amityville is on Long Island, which is part of New York. Will Rogers lived there at one point. That's at the top of my notes, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the DeFeo murders happened in 1974, and then the, Mut- the Lutzes moved in in 1975. So mid-70s, all very close together, these events. So they say that the Montaukett Indians who were in that area thought that the area, specifically of Ocean Avenue, where the house is, was a power spot. And so they buried their tribal enemies there face down to control them and stifle their evil spirits. That's a rumor that's going to kind of play into things a little bit later. um, So I wanted to mention it. But it's also said to be inaccurate and just kind of part of the evil Indian burial burial ground stereotype. I was going to say, like, this is there's like a long lineage of ancient Indian burial grounds resulting in horrible hauntings. Yes. It happens all over the place. Um, So Jay Anson also wrote in the book that John Ketchum, who was run out of Salem for witchcraft, ended up living on or near the Amityville property. But there was nothing to verify this or to verify that he practiced witchcraft at all. So whatever. Um, But there is a Ketchum Street near the home. So I posit the question, does this verify the story or is it that there's a Ketchum and then somebody had the idea and a rumor was spread. Does that factor, does Ketchum, does he factor into the original book and movie? I, not in the movie at all, but I, they mention him in the book. Okay. Is that, is, does he come up in he is a sequel? arguably the villain of the Ryan Reynolds movie. Matter of I mean, fact, the phrase Ketchum Killum comes up quite a bit in that film. Very cute. Oh my God. Ketchum Killum. Oh my God. So when Ryan Reynolds like sees his face, is it? That he's like reincarnated John Ketchum? No, well, he's reincarnated of the DeFeo mm-hmm. son uh-huh. who killed the rest of the family. Okay. Not reincarnated. He's, you know, he's, you know, following the same right. the same echo of the murders that the DeFeo son apparently evidently right. committed. In the this is jumping ahead slightly and mushing our things together, but in the original movie, like the wife is looking through microfiche newspaper stuff and finds stuff about the killings and the killer, like the basic Ronnie DeFeo, I don't even know if they call him actually Ronnie DeFeo in the movie. They may or may not. Has her husband's face. Oh. Is that what happens in the remake? Do you oh, know? Oh, boy. I do not know. Because I saw a scene in the trailer for the remake that was similar to something that happens in the actual movie where, like, uh, George Lutz, like, is looking at a, a scary room or something, and he sees, like, a flash of his own face, like, bleh, like a ghost of his own face. Oh. And I think that that happens in the trailer for the Ryan Reynolds one. So I was wondering if that would be implying that, I don't know. Well, that's that's interesting, Again, to stay ahead. Yes. Since we've already jumped ahead a little bit. Yes. Uh, in The Conjuring 2, with, uh, so this is like that Ed and Lorraine Warren franchise, mm-hmm. uh, it opens, the cold open of the movie is Ed and Lorraine Warren doing a seance in the Amityville Horror House. Right. And it's only, it's pro- it's less than 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but it sees um, Lorraine Warren going room to room and mime, like she's playing air guitar. She's not holding anything. She's air shotgunning. Yeah. Um, and then she walks past a mirror and it is the DeFeo 
killing oh, okay. her god so that's a in theme her reflection. That they're all keeping. Yeah, so I guess seeing yourself as the killer and seeing the killer as you taking your face off. Taking your face off. Taking your face off. It seems like The Conjuring made that make a little bit more sense, though, because it's not her looking at herself as the killer. Right. In the original, it's James Brolin's face. Like, it doesn't Kind of any... like at the end of The Shining where Jack Nicholson is yeah. in that picture and you're like, so what was... What's real? <laughs> it's exactly that, William. And there are a lot of similarities between Amityville Horror and The Shining. Really? Yes. Very weird. That one I really will save to the end of my segment. Okay. Okay. So, let's see. Um, oh, so another weirdness before the DeFeos and the Lutzes even moved in. This is this is strange. I, I don't know. I'm not saying it means anything, but I was like, huh, I could see that being like one in the evidence category for somebody. There was actually another house that was built on that property first. And they ended up picking up that whole house, however you do that, and moving it a few blocks away. Right. So some people say like, oh, it was so terrible. They had to just get out of there. That family says that they just wanted to get a bigger lot or something like that and expand on the house. Okay. But I don't know. That one felt the most fun to me of being like, oh, this land is cursed. This family couldn't even stay here. They picked up their whole house and went. It feels I like it. It yeah. fun to me. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I mean, the, I wish I, they talked about that in the movie or something. Right. I mean, I, I know that you can move buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a common occurrence. Yeah. So common that I think people don't even describe it. But I think to the average Joe, I really want to know. I know. How'd you pick that up and move it? How'd you move that house? I mean, I get, think about like when you're driving it and feels you see like drastic. a house. I know. I know. <laughs> but it, it does feel like a drastic decision. Yes. So. Yes. But it's not that big a deal. But it's enough to sound fun and like we have to get off this land. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, also, Kathy Lutz says that every family that lived there experienced a tragedy, but that can't be verified. So she's saying everybody who lived on that land, there was a death. She said that somebody like drowned in the backyard, in the pool or something. But there's it's just it's not part of the records hmm. so who knows okay so now let's move to the defeo years so the defeos were a family who moved to this big house from a small apartment in brooklyn and they had um it was a, it was a pretty big family so it was the father ronald senior the wife louise slash mother then the kids were dawn allison mark john matthew and ronnie so there's a lot of discord in this family apparently they fought a ton they got violent with each other especially the father and it seemed to get worse and worse over time and i think in the thing that i was watching the implication i have to say the thing i was watching it wasn't like too sensationalist or anything but you know it was about a haunted house so everything kind of leans like this was caused by the haunting or whatever um so if you were thinking in that way the implication could be that it was getting worse and worse over time because whatever was in the house or on the land was affecting them and making them get worse and worse over time. But obviously it could just be because these things happen or whatever. Right. Um, but Ronnie DeFeo said that as soon as they moved in, he noticed weird things right away, like the sound of pipes banging, people moving around, and the sounds of screaming. Um, besides this, this part of the story actually is largely devoid of any ghostly influence or activity, which I forgot about. I kind of assumed that... Ronnie DeFeo and the the DeFeo family experienced a bunch of haunted stuff, which then the murder was attributed to. And right. I almost wonder if I'm just mashing the two stories together or there's another story that I'm thinking of where something like this happened. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm really not sure. 
Um, but it, this part is mostly straight up a true crime sort of thing. And then the, you know, ghostly stuff kind of comes later. Well, so that, I was surprised by that. That's one of the things that I always found kind of appealing, even in like looking up stuff about the Amityville horror. Actually, it was the Conjuring 2 opening that made me think this. Like there was, I guess, a thing or a belief that maybe you'll either uh, talk about now or debunk or something that when Ronnie DeFeo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when Ronnie DeFeo walked around the house in the middle of the night with a shotgun, he was able to kill everybody, and yet nobody else jumped up out of their beds yes. to, to investigate what was happening. Everybody was killed in their beds right. without moving. How could they not have heard it? So it feels supernatural. Right. And I love the the sort of like um, I, I love the rules of things. You yeah. Know? I love uh, so I, I love the idea that you can a uh, police um, like squadron whatever the csis <laughs> yeah, can yeah, come yeah. in and be like well they didn't move uh-huh nobody moved so that that's baffling I, we don't understand it sarge yeah right because you're like oh you're out of your depth you're not capable of understanding oh yeah this isn't your area of expertise this is a paranormal crime yes you're using science to prove that something non-scientific happened yes i i love that yeah so that part of it is a thing so exactly what will just said is the case is that he you know shot his whole family they were all in bed and none of them moved from bed you from their bed you would think that maybe um you know the other kids would hear the shots from him killing their parents and then run or something get up run to investigate or hide under their bed or or shout run try to escape the house anything move right at all no movement and also the neighbors said that they didn't hear anything so the theory about that that is one of the few areas where there is some sort of like paranormal aspect to the crime you know theoretically a theory about that that hans holzer who's a famous parapsychologist kind of posits in this thing that i was watching from the history channel he said that psychic phenomena can kind of like block physical things like noise Mm. so like if there were you know theoretically it was kind of a quick one-off sentence like that he didn't super go into it but what i took from it is that if there was some sort of entity that was kind of um urging on ronnie defeo to be doing all this that was almost enveloping him and it created some sort of muffler for this entire situation the that, the world's best muffler yes is help from a demon yes i straight up apparently. thought you were I, I really thought that you were about to like give the mythbusters answer of like so no i don't know the myth- here is how it really probably could have happened for the sound not to travel and then when you went so what he said is there's a psychic bear and i was like what <laughs> like i thought you were about to like explain the no i don't know the mythbusters answer i didn't come across a mythbusters answer there may be one out there but um i didn't come across it it definitely happened yeah, I mean, the neighbors said that they didn't hear anything either. But, like, the murders, it's all real. Yes, yes, it's definitely, definitely real. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I have to admit, I also didn't go looking for, like, what's the reason they didn't find the sound. That I would but love to know. they did address it in this uh, this special, and that was the theory that they gave. Again, this special was looking at this from a scary, the haunted Amityville Horror House angle. Of course. Um, so maybe there is a... An, explanation that i just don't know about but basically him saying that he heard like weird noises in the house 
and the weirdness and potential spookiness of nobody hearing anything from the shots, those are the only paranormal angles to the DeFeo family. I had misremembered or assumed that this family was dealing with like haunting stuff the same way the Lutzes were and that it ended in murder. And that's not the case. It was just like Ronnie heard some weird stuff, but it wasn't something that was plaguing the family beyond that they were fighting a lot and it was escalating. And you could look at that if you're somebody with a mind toward that sort of thing as there being some sort of psychic influence that was getting them more and more upset and violent and stuff. A demon feeding on their their life and joy. Yes. Like a poltergeist who's attached itself to a pubescent child. Basically. Amping up all the intense feelings. Right. But, I mean, it seems like the family just had a lot of problems already. Also, Ronnie started doing, like, a ton of drugs. He was going out and he was doing, uh, like, drugs a lot. And, in fact, before he even killed the whole family, there was one night where he came home after partying and his dad and his sister Dawn were fighting. And he took a shotgun and he went to shoot his dad but it it uh jammed the bullet it had bullets in it but the bullets didn't come out so mr defeo the dad regarded that as a miracle and he started filling the inside and the outside of the house with religious statues and things like that so he was like thank god i got a free pass now i'm really going to you know show God my stuff and gratitude and or kind of have a lot of talismans around to keep warding off this kind of thing. Um, Also, Ed Warren says that the dad went to St. Joseph's Shrine in Canada to bring a priest to the home to reform rites of exorcism there six months before he was killed. Um, St. Joseph's says they have no record of that. So I don't know, but it seems like Ed Warren was bringing that up in this special to kind of say like, oh, if there was nothing wrong with this house at all, and this was all a scam by the Lutzes, then how come Mr. DeFeo um, brought a priest in before any of the bad stuff even happened? Yeah. You know, so, you know, take that for what it is. Um, There's also a woman who worked with the DeFeos as a housekeeper, and she said that Mrs. DeFeo told her that there was going to be a horrible tragedy there. So from these two things, some people gather that um, the parents had a increased sense of foreboding and kind of not exactly, but kind of had a sense that something really terrible was coming. Mr. DeFeo is putting up religious stuff all the time to kind of ward away evil. Mrs. DeFeo is saying, say, saying something bad is going to happen. It seems like they kind of had some dread, but also if the family is fighting more and more violently all the time, you would say that. Right. Yeah. Everything is escalating. Right. Exactly. So the night of the killings, what happened? And this also could have a little supernatural angle to me, but to me, it's like semi cut and dry. I don't know. I just feel like Ronnie DeFeo was suffering from some mental health issues and he was doing a ton of drugs. The simplest answer is often the correct answer. Yeah. This family has like tons of turmoil and violence in it. Ronnie DeFeo has been known to be violent before, maybe not before he moved to this house. Let's say I don't, I literally don't know about that, but I don't know. I think you could lift out everything else, and this just seems like a totally normal sad story. A thousand percent. Also, not to say something that, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, whatever. So the response to the gun jamming when he originally tried to kill his dad Mm -hmm. was, okay, God intervened or whatever. Fill the house with religious Like iconography, yeah. It just feels like... um, Like shallow? Shallow and that sort of thing of like, well, let's not confront things like mental health. Yeah. Also, the era, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it probably was... It was the 70s. It was the 70s, so people are probably not rushing out to to get therapy all the time. Yes. You know, particular sign of weakness kind of thing. And especially for dudes, yeah. Exactly. So, instead of uh, uh, confronting your problems head on, 
okay, religion will solve all your problems, mm-hmm. which is to say we're not going to solve your problems. <laughs> and a very just kind of like tokeny kind of religion thing. Right. I mean, literally like uh, physical tokens. Put them all around the house because it helped me once. Yeah, rather yeah. than going to church or getting super into it. I mean, actually, for all I know, he did that too. I don't know. But right. um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems very surface level. So here's what happened that night. Not in gory detail, just kind of broad strokes. So one night, Ronnie came home and he was watching a movie when he says that he heard all this whispering around him. And he imagined it was his family whispering around him and kind of like conspiring. Mm. And he was just super duper paranoid. And then he said that someone with black hair handed him the gun and he went room to room shooting the whole family. So another piece of this that makes people hearken back to this like made up Indian lore thing is that the family was all lying face down while they were sleeping and they had said that the Montauk Indians buried their enemies face down and so people were like oh the way the family is mirrors the way that the Native Americans you know buried their evil people but it just doesn't right because then the I think implication... it's chicken or the egg too I'm really not sure that people had I could be wrong. I'm not sure that people had this um, idea about this lore about the Montauk and Indians until the DeFeo family was all shot okay, face down. Right. I don't know. It could. It, I'm just not sure. Um. So so that's what happened. Um. The next day, he turned himself in. He pled insanity at trial, but the jury didn't buy it. They didn't believe that he was insane at the time of the murders, and he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. Wow. And he has now gone back in it and said that somebody else came in and did it um he may have even gone back on that since then but just you know really if you take out any whispers any paranormal any lutz family moving in afterward it really just sounds like a sad yeah domestic violence you know what's great about the exorcist a lot the 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 movie the book that the uh we all know that Reagan McNeil is possessed by Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Yeah. That's a fact in that movie and book. There are demons and religion, I guess, is the way to fight it. Uh-huh. But the great thing about it is when the priests come in, they don't go, hey, yeah, let's do an exorcism. They say, listen, there are a lot of things that this could be. Have you uh, considered uh, taking her to a doctor? Right. She goes and gets an MRI. Yeah. Have you considered all these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they try to eliminate, eliminate, eliminate common medical issues. Yeah. I don't know. Do they get into mental health in that at all? I don't know. But like when you say to me that Ronnie DeFeo heard whispering. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I'm not a psychiatrist, obviously. Yeah. I, I need one. Yeah. <laughs> but don't so we all? Ronnie DeFeo hearing whispers from his family. I've seen things online where people have played like or constructed the audio that somebody with schizophrenia mm-hmm. is said to hear. And it sounds like whispering telling right. you that you are you know, worthless, ineffective, extremely, extremely negative, oppressive things. Mm -hmm. When I hear that, my mind doesn't go demons. My mind goes mental health. I know. So that's why I wonder, I didn't see anything. And I did look for this. I didn't look super deep. I didn't see really anything that was attributing it to demons or anything at the time that it happened. I think that maybe looking back through the lens of the Amityville Horror and the Lutz family can give you that view. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, he, I don't know. Even him saying that he heard bangs and stuff in the house were those interviews after the Lutz family came in. And so you kind of look back at your time with the knowledge that the family that moved in after you had this extreme haunting and wonder, well, what did I hear that could have been in a haunting? Totally reasonably even, like not even looking to lie. It just makes you interpret things differently, I'm sure. It would make me. Yeah. I would wonder. Absolutely. 
So now let's talk about the Lutz family. So George and Kathy moved into that house 13 months after the DeFeo killings. It was very, very soon after. And their broker did tell them about the DeFeo family and the, the whole thing. They had full disclosure right off the bat. And the family discussed it together. And they decided, and they say it in the movie, well, houses don't kill people. So, you know, let's move in. It's really sad that that happened. But, you know, this is a beautiful house. It's perfect for our family. So let's go for it. Right. Um, but... They did decide to have the house blessed because of the history. They wanted to move into it, but they also were like, let's hedge our bets and have a priest come in and just do a blessing real quick. So the priest, when he came in, noticed that when he was doing his blessing in the sewing room, it was especially cold. Like he walked in and the temperature was very different from everywhere else, but he kept going. And then he heard a deep voice say, get out. Then he says that he felt like he was slapped in the face. So lots of activity up in the sewing room. Just slapped? Just a slap in the face. Doesn't that feel doesn't that feel mini? Like yeah. doesn't that Yeah. I don't listen, I don't want to get slapped. Me neither, but it is kind of funny. I for some reason I, know, I get slapped by a ghost. I still think about this. This had to be 20 years ago that our cousin had a nightmare that Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty slapped her in the face and we thought it was so funny. She was like a child. She was teeny right. and we, Will and I thought it was hilarious for some reason. It's Just, so funny that like your your idea of the worst thing that could possibly happen yeah. is a cartoon witch might slap you. It's all Slaps. relative. Slaps are the worst thing that can happen. I know. I think it's very, it's very funny. But maybe that's funny. all the energy that this particular demon could conjure up in the moment. Just like that scary guy with the penny. In Ghost, it's all he could conjure was a slap. So you slap the priest. It's the same guy that played Buggy Ding Dong. Buggy Ding Dong. You know him. So on the way out, the priest told George and Kathy, I think this is weird. I don't know why he didn't like full disclosure it. Maybe he thought he was crazy, actually. I don't know what I would do, I guess. But on the way out, he told George and Kathy not to spend too much time in that room or make it a bedroom. But he didn't seem to elaborate and say, I heard a deep voice say, get out. He's, and I got slapped. Hold on. He's already there to do a blessing. Yeah. It's not his area of it. What do you mean? He should have done an exorcism then or something? Tell them you got slapped, bro. Maybe he was shocked. I don't he know. He's there because he believes in God and the devil. That's a good point. He got slapped by an invisible force up there. Why are you holding that info back, father? That's a good point. Shock. Come clean, Padre. Come clean, Padre. <laughs> Why are you holding your cheek? I think it was... <laughs> How come your eyes are all watery? <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't take it in the moment. So um, soon after that, George only starts to feel intense cold and he starts to get obsessed with building fires. He's constantly having a fire in the fireplace. He's obsessing about there being enough firewood. That's a theme that is in both the original Amityville horror movie and the remake. Lots of chopping firewood outside and getting gradually more and more like nuts and angry while you're doing it. Basically. Best scene in the remake. Ryan Reynolds with. A deranged look on his sans face. Sans blouse? Is that? <laughs> sans, sans blouse. Making uh, uh, his uh, wife's kid. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's his son. Oh, you're right. He's forcing him to hold logs. You're right. On a stump for Ryan Reynolds to then chop him. I actually remember that. That scene is scary. Scary scene? Yeah, you're right. That is yeah. a scary scene. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, and the family usually gets along really well, but they all start fighting. They also start experiencing all of them now temperature fluctuation fluctuations. They can often smell perfume really strongly, just randomly in spots. There are black stains on the bathroom fixtures. Um, in the movie, 
it's like black goo coming mm. out of the toilet and out of the sink and stuff. Doors are slamming randomly, and there's a fly infestation in the middle of winter in the sewing room. So uh, that's one of the things I most strongly associate with the Amityville Horror is the flies all yeah. on a window. I had forgotten the detail that it's in the winter when flies should not be. I thought that was weird enough in the summer or some other season, but that specifically winter is like, oh, yeah, how is this happening? Very weird. That's that's really interesting. I don't think I even knew that. I always took the flies thing as like, you know, you'd find flies all over a dead body or something. Like it's festering. Right. It's rot. Fest, exactly. Same with me, but no, it's. I think it still is that, but it's even stranger that it's winter. Yeah. So this is in the movie and it's pretty sweet. Kathy found this, for lack of a better term, crawl space, even though it's big enough for you to walk into, in the basement behind a shelving unit. She said that there were these shelves that were there when they moved in and she realized that they were probably movable. So she moved them and found this like door behind them kind of like rosemary's baby and it led to this little room that was completely painted red on the inside which is awesome and very weird and it this room wasn't on any of the plans for the house they had no idea that it was there and their dog wouldn't go near the room so just added to the overall weirdness of their whole situation so i bet there are lots of little things that are strange but you can write them off and why does it feel this way why does it smell this way george is cranky now there's this red room. Things what are the- off. George is cranky. For real. <laughs> All right. So you buy a house. You mm-hmm. find out that behind a bookcase, there's a door. It's to a little room that's painted red. What's your move? Freaked out. Freaked out. But do, but Weirded you know, out. I, I think that we'd all today go like, oh, you move. But you're not uh, moving. You're not no. moving. You just closed of on course, that house. Of course. You don't know what it is. Maybe it's nothing. I know. I would be weirded out. You convince yourself it's normal, right? Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? But coupled with all this other stuff, yeah. I would be real freaked out. And that's why you're going to get haunted. Because I'd be freaked out by it? No, because you're going to you're gonna cover up for all of it. You're going to cover up all these red flags. You just admitted it yourself. <laughs> I wouldn't move right away. I don't know how you do. I don't know. I don't know how you do. I don't know what you do. I do think if anything overt happened to me, like there was like a poltergeist activity where like my water bottle went flying across the room and there was scary stuff, I would bounce and be in a hotel and figure out my next moves. I don't think I'd be staying in the house. Yeah. If your computer monitor went flying, you're staying here tonight? I don't know. No, William. I well, I guess how overt is it? Because I'm saying overt. Your computer monitor goes flying, and there's no reason that could happen. Okay, but here's the other problem. Mm-hmm. That hap- I spend so much time down here in the basement. My computer monitor lifts up off, off my desk and flies against the wall. Yes. I'm down here alone. Yeah. I go upstairs and tell Allie. She would believe you. You think so? I do. I do think she would believe do you. you. Think, all right. So Ryan tells you that his drum set lifted off the floor and then yeah. crashed down to the ground. I would believe him. You really? Better safe than sorry? Or what's the deal here? Because I just can't imagine why he would lie about that. But you know, wouldn't you be more concerned about him as an individual than there's a ghost in our house suddenly? Um, I guess I should be. But to tell you the truth, I don't know. You'd I guess go straight not. to I believe you. I think I would. I think you have to buy into the fantasy. The fantasy. Fantasy is the wrong word. Uh-huh. You have to buy into the the event yeah. for the sake of the person. So you'd be like, oh my God, that must have been horrible. How do you feel? I guess for all intents and purpies, if he seemed fine otherwise, I would just believe him. <laughs> now, for all intents and purpies, 
He's if he wasn't like acting manic or looking crazy or anything, I'd just be like, oh my God, are you okay? Okay. <laughs> and then maybe we get to a second location, then maybe I would, would process it and and be like, let's unpack or for something. For all intents but and purpies. For all intents and purpies, if he seems fine, I'm buying it. All right. <laughs> Thankfully, we'll never be in this position. <laughs> just... God willing. Just got to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess just know that I'm going to immediately, maybe I should. Amazing. Maybe I should do some <laughs> thinking and work and make sure that I'm addressing everybody's mental health first. I'm talking about Ronnie DeFeo's whisper is probably being psychological, but you tell me a TV goes flying. And I'm like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. It's haunted. I know. Although, like, how do you know that I'm not possessed? <sighs> God. Right? You know, we got to move on. Who knows? This is a horror it's hypothetical. It's a bo- yeah. Patreon episode. It's true. Okay. So, this is in the movies as well. George starts waking up every night at 3.15 a.m., which is when the murders occurred in the DeFeo family. And Kathy starts having dreams about the DeFeo murders, mostly from the perspective of the mother, as though she herself is getting shot. There's no verification for this in the special, so I'm not sure like how this how she got this information or whatever. But she says that she knew where the bullets entered and left Mrs. DeFeo from her dreams. And she also knew what order everybody was shot in from reviewing this in her dreams and that she spoke to the police and that they verified that she was right, even though that had never been released anywhere. So mm. let's just, just saying that okay. and we'll move okay. on. Cause there's no way to know. Of course their daughter, Missy started talking to an imaginary friend called Jody. Do you remember Jody? Okay. So Jody is a pig who can become huge or small, invisible or invisible at will. And Jody told Missy at one point that her family was always going to be there. Yowie. Uh, famously in the movie, George saw red eyes from Missy's window that he said were Jody. So I watched the original movie last night and it's, this part is awesome. I loved it. It's very fast, but just like a giant pig in a window, (laughs) like the pig's face is as big as the window and big red eyes. And it's great. That's like some Ghostbusters stuff, right? Yes. It looks like like Ghostbusters. The way that it even is kind of superimposed, however they did that, it looks very Ghostbusters. It's like a little silly, but the actual, but you have to imagine like if you're in that circumstance, it's insane. Oh, totally. But it's great. Um, They also said that they would see her eyes looking at them from the outside and that they found cloven hoof tracks in the snow one time. Oh no. So they think that they, pissed off this presence in the house a little bit extra because one time they took the advice of a friend and opened all the windows in the house and went room to room reciting the Lord's Prayer to kind of try to like do a cleansing themselves. And George says that they heard a chorus of voices say, will you stop? Very polite. Will you stop? I know. No. No. Uh, So soon after, Kathy tried to call the father back who originally did the blessing on the house, but the phone always malfunctioned whenever she was trying to call him so she could never get through to him. And then when she went to the church in person to get him, he said the same thing was happening to him, that he was trying to call the family, but it was always like static or crazy noises and it wouldn't happen. Yeah. So the demons were like blocking it. So the family has actually, and I was very surprised by this. They themselves have never talked about what happened during their final night in the house when they bounced. It's not in the Amityville Horror book. They obviously show it play out in the movie, but it's just fiction. 
I mean, you know, what uh, yeah, this could yeah. all be fiction, but you know what I mean. They say that it's just too frightening and upsetting to revisit, and they never want to talk about it. But the deal is that that one night they fled after 28 days. They returned their house to the bank, and they had them sell all their belongings at auction. They just didn't even want to go back in the house and touch anything except for um, a trunk that was like a family trunk that had a bunch of pictures in it. And they just moved to California at a humongous loss. Wow. Uh, so apparently, though, and I didn't remember or know this, they still had trouble once they moved, and they didn't elaborate on that a ton either. But they said that they left the house, but it seemed like something kind of stayed with them until, and this was a, an aside that, again, there's it's too much to look into, until the Archbishop of Canterbury performed a rite in his church for them, and it helps lift some things. Oh, that's it. it helped, that's the whole... Yeah. Oh, my God. It helped to lift. Well, I love Canterbury eggs. Oh, me too. Delicious. Oh, with that little sugary shell. Oh. That chocolate shell and that... Uh, ambiguous goo oh. inside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. like those. No, no, no. <laughs> right. Ooh. So, also famously, families have moved in since and nobody has experienced any sort of paranormal activity. And so in this special, they said, why do you think this happened to you and nobody else? And Mrs. Lutz had an interesting answer. She said in this special that they were practicing transcendental meditation when they moved into the house and quote, I think in the practice of that, it opened up the mind and the spirit to other things and brought about a sharpened sensitivity. I think we opened ourselves up to it. Whoa. So she's saying if you're not on the level, you're not going to feel it. But there is something there, and they happened to tap into it. Like, I needed another reason. I know. I was like, well, great. Yeah. David Lynch Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> Grants. Let's go. Yeah. That's wild. I know. Isn't that cool? So... There's a lot of criticism of the Lutz's story. A lot of people think it's a hoax. Some of the criticism is kind of nitpicky where it's like in the book, the date that it snowed and the the uh, pig hooves were seen as wrong. It didn't actually snow on that day. It started on another day that week, like things like that. Sure. Um, also, the book says that the police came out to the house, but there isn't anything on the record of the Lutz's calling them. Um, there's also this real messy thing, which a lot of people point to as proving that it's a hoax, which it very well could. Um, I I really don't know what I th think about it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, there's this whole messiness where they sued Ryan DeFeo's lawyer, along with a whole bunch of other people, including magazines and stuff. The Lutzes. Yes, the Lutzes sued Ronnie DeFeo's lawyer. And like women's day magazine or something a bunch of magazines a bunch of people saying that they were profiting off of their name so i imagine that you know maybe ryan defeo's lawyer was doing interviews or something saying like giving info about the house because the lutzes lived there whatever okay they sued him he sued them saying that they were supposed to write the book with him not with jay anson and that they had this deal together. And he said that he and the Lutzes sat around one night over a bottle of wine and made up this whole story. But it's this weird counter suey thing. It's a, this lawsuity thing is very messy. So to me, just being total middle of the road, I could say, all right, he says it's a hoax. But maybe he's also mad at them and wants to discredit them because they're suing him and he wanted to get all this money with them writing the book and they didn't do that with him. So it's kind of a revenge and discrediting thing or it's true. Right. So, you know. Yeah. 
I, yeah. Who knows? Um, the Lutzes took polygraphs and they passed them, but also polygraphs are bar- garbage. So, you know. That's fun, though. Yeah. They, yeah. They did pass them, though. And so basically, because there's no solid evidence of this happening, and it's such a big and famous case, of course people would dispute it. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing so compelling that I think that it's definitely true. But also, I was surprised to find that the hoax evidence I didn't find it super swaying either. I kind of, when I got to the sections or reading about the reasons people discredit them, I thought that I was going to see more substance where I'm like, oh yeah. And I didn't right. find as much as I was expecting. Well, it's tricky to, it's tricky to prove or disprove what a family did in the quiet of their own home. Right. Totally. You know? Yeah. Like, like there was also evidence is also that the neighbors said that nothing was wrong, but like right. they say that about things all the time. They said that about Ronnie DeFeo. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you don't, you know, you don't know. So it just... I think it just boils down to, do you believe in ghosts or not? I think so as well. (laughs) Right? Right. And I pretty much do... But I, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know. Yeah, I pretty much sure. don't. Yeah, right. I'm not buying it. Yeah, right. But I think it's interesting. Well, you know who else didn't buy it? The stars of the movie, The Amityville Horror, yeah. Margot Kidder and James Brolin. They both thought it was a really good, like, you know, story and everything, but neither of them believed it. Even though James Brolin became friendly with George Letts, he was still kind of like, mm, I'm good. Right. It's enjoyable to engage with, and it's fun as a thought experiment. Mm-hmm. To, to piece all of this together. Right. But the Ronnie DeFeo claim of we all sat around over a bottle of wine and hashed out the story makes a lot more sense to me, especially because there's a giant demon pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also the giant demon pig was the... F- well, no, never mind. I was going to say it's the figment of the imagination of a child, but I forgot that the parents also corroborated the giant demon pig. Right. So. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about the original movie, and I'm going to kick it over to you for talk about the the sequels. Um, I didn't realize that they used a house in Tom's River. I saw that, too. It yeah. made me think, like, let's get in the car and go find it. I know. It looks nothing like that. Um, they used facades and everything. But still, actually, um, our friend Eric was over today who listens to the show. Hi, Eric. And he lived in Tom's River as a kid. And he said they used to always go buy it and stuff and be like, oh, it's the Amityville Horror House, cool. which is kind of awesome. So the movie did well at the box office, but critics panned it. And when I was watching it last night, I was like, when did this come out and when did The Shining come out? Because there are a lot of similarities. Only the father, only the man is driven crazy, basically by the house or by the thing that they're living in. Lots of axe stuff. Um, past crimes influencing the actions of a current day man. Mm. And it turns out that The Shining came out in 1980, one year after this. And if you Google Amityville Horror, The Shining, there are all these sites saying that The Shining rips off the Amityville Horror. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It was very interesting, and I could kind of like not to a huge. When you degree. say The they're, Shining came out, you're talking enough. about the, the movie. movie, the movie, yeah, the, the Shining. book, The Shining came out in seventy-seven or something like that. Yeah. yeah, no, and the movie plot is like very different from the book, so True. you could say that's a point in inspiration from the Amityville horror category because otherwise you could be like, well, they were just using the source material from the book, but they actually didn't. But to come out in 1980, it had to already be in production. I was going to say, it well, came out one year later. Right. It's probably in production for two. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. But definitely lots of coincidences. Um, even down to like weird wording stuff. Uh, Jody says that she wants the little girl to live there forever and ever so they can all play together, which is very shades of come play with us, Danny. Uh, very much. Um, there are also like two sons who kind of look twinny. 
And uh, yeah, it was just kind of weird. They have some similarities. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I found it to be a meh movie. Yeah. I didn't super enjoy it. I didn't hate it. It got a lot. It got better as it went along, but I found the beginning very rough and it's long. It's like two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it not staying with me very much, but really liking some of the, like, I remember liking James Brolin? Yeah, James Brolin's good. James Looks Brolin. a lot like um, Christian Bale to me in this. Let me let me know if you guys think the he's same. He's got like 70s hair and 70s beard, right? Yes, but facially, he looks like Christian Bale to me. Interesting. As he's getting crazier and like gaunt, he looks Christian bale gaunt. Huh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, I dug into all of the sequels, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to tell you something. There's 23 of them. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. There are, there are a lot. Actually, well... I'm counting the original. Yeah. So there are 22 sequels. I apologize. Yeah. It's Ooh. a lot shorter than what I initially said. Okay. So um, Walking it back. First of all, uh, the, the franchise of the Amityville Horror is pretty confused mm-hmm. because Amityville is a place, so you can make a bunch of stuff about Amityville. Yeah. Things that are considered to strictly be part of the franchise that's based on the DeFeo murders and then the Lutz haunting. Mm-hmm consists of the following nine books amityville horror murder in amityville amityville horror part two the final chapter the evil escapes curse horror returns nightmare continues high hopes the amityville murder like just any yeah. possible configuration i don't have much on the books the and it's books, from all different people like scattered everything yeah. I'm about to tell you about is way scattered okay. it's all over the place a million different people writing books and making movies now some of those books did serve as the basis for some of the movies that were made. In 79, we got the Amityville Horror. Obviously, you just talked about it. Uh, Three years later, in 82, we got Amityville 2, The Possession. Amityville 2, The Possession is a prequel to the Amityville Horror based on one of those books that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked it up, and it's very, very similar to The Exorcist, down to there being an exorcism. And by the way, spoilers for all these Amityville sequels. I'm not sure that anybody cares. If you do, I don't know whether to apologize or not, or or you should be thanking me for saving you time yeah. on a lot of these sequels. Um, the the demon jumps out of the boy and enters the priest. Okay. To the point where you're Weird. like, why? Really? You're going to do that? Yeah. We've seen that, and that's a lift. Huh. Also, a lot of weird incest. In these huh. Amityville movies. Oh, like the, you know, house is possessing them to do stuff or? Presumably. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Um, then one year later, we got Amityville 3D. Now this I have very strong memories of because growing up, our dad backed yes. every incorrect format of movie mm-hmm. you can imagine. Proudly. We didn't get Blu-ray. We got HD DVD. We didn't get, you know, uh, uh, DVDs. We got Laserdiscs for Hell a long yeah. time. Granted, Laserdiscs came before. D- well, whatever. You know. So Laserdiscs, these gigantic, they're literally the size of audio record. records. Yeah. But they're, they're giant DVDs, basically. They're rad. I've got one hanging on my wall right now. Hell yeah, me too. So Amityville 3D, we had on Laserdisc. Yes. And I remember I used to like shop through mm-hmm. all of the Laserdiscs that we had. His dad had these like boxes and boxes of record. Yes, it was very fun. Containers I would just look at the covers. Yeah. yeah. So I, I remember pulling out the Amityville 3D uh, Laserdisc all the time to look at it because it was the mm-hmm. Amityville house with the, the very iconic evil eyes. Yep. Uh, and then there was this poorly composited like three-fingered hand reaching out of the front door. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, I guess like a demon hand. It looked like a lizard or a dinosaur hand. A- absolutely. It looked terrible. It looked mm-hmm. like the dad from Dinosaurs. Oh my God. Yes, it was did. Was like reaching out to grab you. <laughs> um, so I looked into this uh, a little bit. The only notable thing to say about it is that Lori Laughlin and Meg Ryan are in this. Oh, weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? Huh. Uh, there's Amityville ho- uh, Horror. F- blah, blah, blah. It's not even called Amityville Horror anymore. Yeah. Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. They move from movies in theaters to television movies at this point. This one's not even at the spooky house. This one sets up a disturbing trend that will follow the next few movies. The Amityville house, which you could argue is essentially the main, almost the main character of this franchise. Yeah, it's the constant, certainly. Yeah, like the Lutz family haunting is the big event. The DeFeo murders are the preceding you know, catalyst, yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, everybody ends up abandoning that house. Yeah. It's the house. The house is the, the antagonist. House. You think about the house. Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes on TV. All right. No house? No house. Somebody bought at a garage sale or something a lamp okay. from the house. <laughs> oh, wow. That has a demon in it. Okay. And the lamp is killing people. So the house... Is the the demon in the house is not in the house anymore? It's in the lamp, or there are a bunch of demons in the house, and they're trying to spread outward through appliances, kind of like the brave little toaster. Oh God! I was born to stick in this wall. (laughs) Uh, Here's a here's a quote from the uh, the plot description that I picked. I loved it. Forget context. I'm not going to tell you about characters. That's fine. This is just one of the things that's said on Wikipedia about this movie. Part of the plot. When Nancy calls a plumber to fix the pipes, the lamp murders him by oh drowning God. him in tar and then makes his car leave on its own, making it seem like he left. Oh, my God. That's what you're in for with this movie. The but lamp did that. The lamp did that. The lamp, the extension cord strangles people. It literally ends with somebody, like, throwing the lamp out of a window to break it. Is it campy and fun, maybe? No. Oh. They said it sucks. Oh. Okay. I, uh, it turns out that... Uh, you know, none of these movies are good. Yeah, how strange. <laughs> All of the reviews are like, well. And yet they kept making them, 23 so movies. Many. We're going to skip one now called The Amityville Curse. Uh-huh. But now we go direct to video. Let's talk now about one of the sequels, Amityville. It's about time. Okay. Direct to video, 1992. Um, this one's about an evil clock from the house. Oh, my God. It's so weird they decided to go this angle. Now they just go with They're, stuff that was in the house. The lamp was so success- successful, they decided to go clock? I think it had to be this. It must have been a logistical problem-solving thing to go with artifacts from the house rather than the house itself. Mm-hmm. The house has very, very, very recognizable architectural features. If you're not able to get the house with the two scary eyes... You're screwed. You better get that lamp that everybody loved you and better, the clock you better that everyone out, remembers. You better figure out some reason why the that's location nuts. of the Amityville Horror is not important anymore. Yeah, I guess And they that's went the, with stuff in the house is haunted. It's the rationale. Now, sometimes this could be a decent solution. Friday the 13th, the TV series, mm-hmm. is about an antique shop where every antique in there is haunted, has a backstory, it's cursed, it kills people through X reason. Okay. Very fun. Yeah. But those are also like hour-long episodes yeah right these are like full movies right whatever so anyway amityville it's about time it also made me think about uh, crazy we did our scream Four commentary it's up on patreon.com slash gttu pod and somebody says um in that movie they're like yeah the the fifth one 
had time travel was the worst. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost think that they were referencing this. Maybe. So um, every, horrible things happen throughout the movie. Somebody melts in this movie. It just says on Wikipedia, <laughs> like, yeah, they melted. Here's a snippet, with, again, without context from Wikipedia of the plot. Meanwhile, at the Sterling residence, things start to go terribly wrong with Lisa's boyfriend Andy melting into the floor. <laughs> Leonard encountering goo and a zombie, a zombie that rises out of the bathtub. Oh my God. There's a lot of goo in the first one. So yeah. I guess they're following a proud tradition. I guess. And the goo follows Leonard yeah. in uh, Amityville. It's about time. Oh my God. Um, all of the horrible stuff that happens in the movie gets rewound. Uh-huh. The main character, every time you try to defeat this clock, it'll de-age you into a baby so you can't destroy it or age you up into an old person so that you can't destroy it, which is kind of fun. Uh-huh. It's kind of, honestly, reading some of this, it got so zany. They yeah. went so wacky with it. It started to feel a little goosebumps to me, which... yeah. Is not a great thing, but it's a good thing. I feel like if that's its intention, it could be fun. I sure. can't. I can't tell what kind of movie this is. I know, just from you know reading or hearing about At it. At some point, the clock has affixed itself to the wall of this new house, and so when you're trying to destroy it, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's like stuck to the wall, like Harry Potter magic style, like it's immovable. Yeah, yeah. And so breaking through the wall, they see that the gears of the clock are now going up into the walls of the house, uh, like tree Almost, roots. Yeah, yeah, like that's kind of fun. That is cool. So anyway. Time rewinds way back to the beginning of the movie when the first, like, when the dopey dad or whatever came in and was like, I found a clock. <sighs> and the main character girl immediately grabs it out of his hands and smashes it and stomps on it. Like that movie I've never seen, Funny Games? Yes. Spoiler alert. Oh, God. For funny Games. Oh, God. Funny Games. Sorry. No. Uh, and he goes, now, why'd you do that? Why'd you smash that clock? And she says, it's about time. That's why. Oh, boy. Wah, wah. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba. <laughs> Um, one year later, nice choice for both of us. Amityville, a new generation direct to video. Someone's given a mirror by a homeless person and it's evil. Okay. Amityville dollhouse in 96. Uh, this one was featured in the 2010 book, 150 movies. You should die before you see. Oh my God. In which reviewer Steve Miller wrote, don't bother asking why someone built a dollhouse replica of a place on Long Island and don't ask how it ended up in a shack in the desert or how it became filled with evil. The writer and director barely gave any thought to the subject. The film is rendered even less scary by the fact that no one seems particularly distressed by the weird developments. I kind of like the idea of there being a dollhouse of the Amityville house. I also got Goosebumps vibes from this one. It turns out that the family living in this house, they find a dollhouse that's of the Amityville horror house, mm-hmm. which is weird. It's not a dollhouse of the house we're in right now. Yeah. It turns out. It is a dollhouse of the house they're in right now. The the original Amityville Horror House was razed to the ground and only some of the architectural features remain. Okay. So one of the big ones that's still there is the fireplace. Mm. The fireplace between the the big real house and the little dollhouse are a connected portal. So if you go through the fireplace in one, you come out the fireplace in the other. So the whole movie has gigantic monstrous flies. Yeah. Because presumably they flew in through the dollhouse fireplace. I kind of like this movie. I kind of like it. It kind of made me want to watch it. Amityville Dollhouse. I'm kind of into it. 1996. Mm -hmm. Um, I am particularly enamored with the idea of a model house inside the house it's a model of. Yeah. We just rewatched Knives Out, and there's one in that movie that's not even used at all, but I just just love seeing it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm way about that. I'm actually kind of on board with that. Yeah, I like that. Um, Finally, uh, uh, in the franchise, they made a decent one again with the Amityville Horror in 2005 with Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. People didn't like it. I kind of did. Yeah, I remember thinking that it was like 
pretty good. I didn't I didn't have any bad feelings about no. having watched it. It it I remember it being kind of like one of those movies that makes you feel a little gross. Yeah. But I remember not thinking that it was the worst thing in the world. The podcast, yeah, it's that bad covered that uh movie mm-hmm. and uh I love that show. Gone too soon. I know, that was a great show. It was a great podcast. But I remember they really ripped it apart. But I had fun with this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a movie that came out three years ago, Kristen called the Amityville or Amityville the Awakening. I had never heard of this. I don't know about this at all. This thing it took 5 years to make. They were shooting it over the course of 5 years so much so that people in the movie age over the course of the film. Really? Yep. <laughs> like boyhood. Yes. It stars Jennifer Jason Lee, Bella Thorne, Cameron Monaghan and Kurtwood Smith. Do you know uh, Kurtwood Smith I I that dreamy guy from um um Urban Legend. I have to look. Yeah, I think he was also in Dawson's Creek, kind of bad guy. Right. He's got those. He's got very like, he's got like thick eyebrows. Kurtwood. I know that you had a big crush on Kurtwood Smith. Tell me when you're finished. Really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me explain for our, our listeners out there in the world. I made a mistake in my own notes. I thought that Kurtwood Smith was that dreamy guy from Urban Legend. <laughs> That's, That's Kerr really Smith. Funny. That guy's Kerr Smith. So I was close. Kurtwood Smith is the dad from that 70s show. <laughs> anyway. Kerr Smith was on uh, Riverdale last season. Oh, is that right? Yes. Kerr Smith, Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. Right? That's really funny. I, I Googled it. They're, I don't think that they're related. It'd be kind of weird if they were. Why? I don't know. Kerr and Kurtwood in one family. Maybe it's his kind name, of surprising. But maybe his name is Kurtwood Smith Jr. You know? And yeah. Like and he Kerr goes Smith. by Kerr. Right. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Dumbass. You're a dumbass. I think it's weird. I think there's like an uncle Kurtwood and then a nephew Kerr. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, all right. So. Uh, 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 <laughs> so the family moves into this house, into the Amityville Horror House. The the organization is that there's a, a mom. The father has died. Uh, the daughter is our main character, basically, and her twin brother is uh, catatonic. Mm-hmm. He can't move. Uh, uh, he seems to maybe even be in like a coma, although he's awake. I don't know. Okay. They have a younger sibling also who's like, he keeps talking to me. He's saying a lot of curse words at me, which doesn't make sense because he can't move. He can't talk. And mm-hmm. by all accounts, he he's catatonic. Catatonic. Um, so now that they're in the house, she starts making friends with kids around town who are like, hey, you live in the Amityville Horror House. Uh-huh. And when I say that, I mean literally yeah. the Amityville Horror House. Her friends know about the story. Yeah. Her friends have seen the original movie. They come over to the house and they watch the original Amityville Horror yeah. House in this house. Okay. I almost feel bad spoiling this one. This movie also seems to be a bit gonzo and probably not good. Uh-huh. Reading the plot made me think this is actually kind of charming. I'm yeah. still going to keep spoiling it. Yeah, but, fine, fine. Yeah. That doesn't mean I won't watch it, so that's fine. So they start theorizing as weird stuff is going on and the brother is getting like weirdly healthier. They start theorizing like, hey, maybe uh, what if he's getting possessed? Uh-huh. Like what if demons are using the fact that there's basically like an empty vessel here yeah. um, to, to jump into a human body and move around? And I guess at some point, the main character lets it get enough in her head that she walks up to her brother in his bed who can't move or anything. Oh, 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 I should also explain. He has been getting better. Okay. And the doctors have determined that he might have locked-in syndrome. Okay. Which is literally, your body won't move, you're just in there, Mm -hmm. and you can't communicate Mm. at all. So they hook him up with one of those screens where he can look at letters um, on an... uh, 
on a keyboard yeah, basically yeah, yeah. and spell out messages and stuff. Uh-huh. So then she walks up to him and she goes, is there someone else in there with you? And he looks at the screen for a while and it, and he spells out, yes, help. Oh. Which is very scary. Yeah. Uh, uh, long story short, uh, it turns out that her mother, uh, it's no mistake that they're in the Amityville Horror House. Their mother, uh, in a, a, a desperate move, decided to turn to help from demons to revive her son. She figured moving into the oh. Amityville Horror House. What a weird movie. Uh, right? I'm kind of Not, into it. I know. I'm surprised. They referenced The Red Room, uh-huh. which nothing else had. And I was actually very curious to see if you would bring it up as part of the original yeah. story. The Red Room is the source of all of this power. Mm-hmm. It's in the original movie, too. Okay. So in here, they're they're literally hoping that The Red Room will give Com- Cameron Monaghan uh-huh. uh, the ability to move and speak and stuff. Uh-huh. And... Also, like The Shining, he gets up and starts coming after the family with an axe and stuff. And, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, careful what you wish for. Right. Because, yes, your son's able to he get up and move spirit, around right. now. Yeah, he's got the spirit. He's got too many spirits. Yeah. And uh, he means business. He's a grumpy boy. He goes bonkers. He's a grumpy boy. I honestly, Amityville Awakening 2017. Sounds pretty good. I think there was a lot of, like trouble with the production of this movie and it got shelved for a while like a million things went wrong Mm -hmm. a million things went wrong making this movie yeah i'm actually kind of charmed by the descriptions that i've read of it yeah i'm into it that's the official franchise i'm not going to cover really any of the other stuff okay but there's so much other stuff yeah yeah yeah. Kristen, there's so much (laughs) other stuff so there's a lot of stuff to dig into and explore oh my god i just told you about the official franchise um but when I said that there are 23 movies, I'm talking about the whole, like, if you look at this from, like, the top-level perspective, all the Amityville movies, here are some of the other ones that don't make the cut for the official franchise, okay. but are part of that count of 23 Amityville movies. Um, by the way, some of this stuff is shocking. I didn't get into the legality of being able to use the name uh-huh. Amityville, but something must have happened recently. Between 2015 and 2017, 11 movies were released. With the word Amityville in the You're title. You're right. Something must have gotten like freed up. Eleven. That's crazy. By the way, I also tried to find this out. Amity. Amityville. Yes. Amity Island in Jaws. Oh, we just yeah. projected Jaws in the backyard here, had a little movie night. We did. It was very nice. Every time I watch Jaws, I wonder, what's up with Amity? It means like friend in French. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Ah, Ami? Wow. Mon ami. Oh, maybe. Right? Yeah. Mon amati. Mon amatee. <gasps> Mon amati, Will. Will. <gasps> and Will Rogers lived in Amityville. And Will Rogers is right here. Oh, my God. What does it mean? Nothing. Nothing. So, <laughs> so they, here are some of the outside I know there's also a character named Amity in maybe Jerusalem's Lot. No, Salem's Lot or something They're like that. They're named by, Amity? Yeah. It, there was an Amity in, um, what's it called? Castle Rock? the previous season of it, which yeah. I know is a mishmash of Stephen King books. Right. And so I think that character and that storyline came from Salem's Lot, I believe. Has anybody just made, worth Has anybody made the uh, metaphor that watching things like Castle Rock, where you just kind of like take from all of the things mm-hmm. you like and put them all together, that it's like when you make that giant Thanksgiving sandwich <laughs> the oh, day after Thanksgiving? It's like the sa- Thanksgiving sandwich. And sometimes it tastes really, really good. Yeah. And then sometimes like you did it and it's a little too late and like some some of those ingredients don't really go together anymore and Yeah, sometimes the cranberry sauce makes the bread wet. Yeah, has anybody really talked about that? I don't know. <laughs> but it's a good metaphor. Thank you. So some of the outside Amity films. Um Amityville Haunting, Amityville Asylum. There's one called Amityville Death House. 
uh, which stars Eric Roberts. Okay. Came out in 2015. Wow. Yeah. It was directed by a guy who also did a movie called Sharkenstein. Okay. So. All right. I got a feel for it. Take that for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Here's the uh, description of Sharkenstein. Yeah. 60 years after the termination of a third Reich program designed to weaponize sharks, a reanimated abomination terrorizes the waters of a small ocean town. Yeah, paging Jaws, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> paging Dr. Jaws. <laughs> all right, there's the Amityville Playhouse, the Amityville Vanishing Point, which is credited as being directed by an 18-year-old. Okay. Um, which could be a charming- lucky break. Could be a charming distinction, but then I saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a little less charming. It, it, it got really hard. I watched the trailers for each one of these movies, and they, they were all really complicated. Some looked like movies. Mm-hmm. A lot didn't. Um, Amityville Legacy, um, they go back to that idea of like, oh, things from the original Amityville house are haunted. This time it's one of those stupid little toy monkeys that with the symbols. Okay. That thing is haunted. Oh my God. That thing is haunted in this movie. Amityville Terror, Amityville No Escape, uh, Amityville Evil Never Dies, Exorcism, Mount Misery Road, The Amityville Murders. Uh, Will, Mount Misery Road, we talked about in episode 80 of the show. I covered Long Island haunted stuff, and there's Sweet Hollow Road and Mount Misery Road. That's right. So that makes sense for there to be an Amityville Mount Misery tie-in. So wow. listen to episode 80 if you want to hear about that. Wow, good call. Thank you. How did you know the number? Because I looked it up while you were talking. Really? You saw it in my notes? Yes, I did. Wow, look at you. I know. Look at me. Um, Amityville Island. Uh, and then uh, the only other thing that I really have to shout out about this at all is that there was a direct parody of Amityville Horror in 1984 called Bloodbath at the House of Death. Mm. Vincent Price is in it as a 400-year-old demonic (laughs) satanic monk. Okay. He says something something like, you know, I've been undead for 400 years and it's really grating on me. (laughs) Some some terrible line like that. I'm over it. Spoiler alert, it turns out the satanic monks are all aliens. Okay. And then the movie ends with them taking off in a spaceship and going, not again. Oh my God. Sounds like quite a flick. Bloodbath at the House of Death. Excellent. I'll never see it. Anyway, those are all the terrible Amityville horror movies. And I'm not kidding when I say that they're terrible. I watched the trailers for a lot of these. Yeah. And all of them employ some of the uh, really obvious horror tropes of like, (laughs) and like, just like close up shots of things in the dark. Nothing's lit. Uh Uh-huh. And the camera just gets really close to stuff that you can't even tell what it is and lingers on it and goes like, boom, boom, boom. I I don't know what I'm looking at. I watched all these. There's so many Amityville movies that watching the trailers was like a feature length experience. It's crazy that there are so many of them, especially when it seems like so many of them are like low budget and don't make a lot of money. There must be money in Amityville. I guess so. Because that's that's why people make movies. There's money in that house. Right. I don't know. Very weird. It's so weird, Kristen. Well, you Um, know what? I mean, there's more to Amityville. So this is probably not the end of our journey with Amityville. Not right away. But we already have written down on our spreadsheet to revisit Amityville because I didn't even talk about all the psychics who went through the house. Right. Theories based on that. Yeah. There's more to say about these movies. I'm sure we could watch maybe a couple of them and talk about them. I already made so, a note. I really want to know the scientific explanation yeah, for the DeFeo. Of the DeFeo's not not reacting to the sound of the gunshots i really want to know that yeah so to Um, be continued we will revisit amityville yeah it's going to take me a while before i can pack yeah not right away back to amityville though no no i I was really excited about this i still feel like this was the right way for a guy to the unknown to come back 
Yeah, I had a good time. But also researching Amityville and looking at all the movies, Yours seems all tough. the movies, it just it was like it was so hard. <laughs> so many <laughs> and they're so bad. But not even I would love it if they were bad in that way where you're like, "Oh my god, can yeah, you right. believe this?" But then like just bad. It's just like a little girl, like there's one called Amityville Asylum mm-hmm. and it's just long shots of these hallways of an insane asylum. And clearly what's supposed to be a little girl holding a teddy bear going like, do you want to play with me? Yeah. Except she's too old to be talking like that. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you couldn't get a kid. Yeah. You couldn't get the, cut the, ah, oh, it just didn't work. <laughs> just didn't work. I sympathize. I empathize. It was, it probably sure. was a bummer that you couldn't get a kid but actor to gotta, really nail that. Do you want to play with me role? You got to call a spade a spade and cut your losses. Families and kitchens eating pizza, arguing about staying in the house. Mm. And the dad's the same age as the daughters. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Happens a lot in these movies. <laughs> Can't do it. Well, you can lay your weary soul to rest now, William. Thank you. Don't you cry now more. This episode's over. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you liked us and you just need to have more, you can go to patreon.com slash pod. And the timing is perfect because if you join right now, you're going to get the bonus episode that comes out tomorrow if you're listening to this in real time. Whoa. Plus our live planning session that you can join in. You can either watch it or you can talk to us and suggest future topics. You can also follow us everywhere at GTTU pod online and join our Facebook group. Um, the Guides the Unknown Secret Society. And also keep in mind that you can buy Guides the Unknown merch and it will go to a good pot. <laughs> go to a good cause, which might be good pause. Good pause at tpublic.com slash user slash GTTU pod. Yeah, get that swag. Mm-hmm. Get a hat, get a shirt. That's right. I don't know. Stuff. Get whatever you want. That's right. So until next time, you can find us individually on social media. I am at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am the Myth Traveler. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We really hope that you had a good time. Uh, And we will definitely see you again next week for more spooky stories that, uh, that creep you out, make you scream. Make you scared. But until that time comes, we must travel back to the netherworld ah i get slapped by a ghost